So hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Magic Mike. Today I actually am starting off a new um, series. I'm starting this new way of actually um, not doing a monologue, but actually getting guests on the show. So um, this week or today, what I have is, or should I, rather should I say, who I have today as a guest is Simon Gosling from the Quiet Mark podcast. Hi, Simon. Hi, Bharat. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to take part on your podcast. Thank you for accepting the invitation, Simon. And for for listeners, you all need to know this. Simon is the first guest. He's the first guest on Magic Mike. So, woohoo! <laughs> yes. So, just a little backstory. So, what we did was like four hours ago, we actually tried to record this uh, show four hours ago. And my mixer died. <laughs> it's like my plug got short-circuited. <laughs> I couldn't hear Simon. And it was so frustrating. And it was the irony we were going to talk about, actually, what are the new apps that are coming out in the market? What are the apps Simon uses? You know, what mixer uses? And we we're going to go techie. And that's that's the irony. I'm like, wow, it was, it was really, I felt bad for the whole time, to be honest. But thank you so much for actually accepting to do this again, Simon. I, I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Don't be embarrassed. It's uh, the way technology sometimes conspires against you. But it was funny that we're here to talk about how to do a podcast. <laughs> and we couldn't get together for four hours. But we figured it out now. Anyway. <laughs> we figured it yes. out now. We're best of friends now. I'm ready to go. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so Simon. So first up, could you tell me more about the Quiet Mark podcast? How did you get started and... How did it, how did it, what's the beginnings? Okay, uh, the overview is this. I work with a company called Quiet Mark, and Quiet Mark is, well, in shorthand, it's a purple Q logo, and you will see it on products which are the quietest in their category. So right now, there, one, there are 1,000 Quiet Mark certified products mm -hmm. from 80 brands, and they're available through retailers. When people see that purple Q, they know it's one of the quietest products in this field. So for example, the Dyson Supersonic hairdryer has the quiet mark because it's one of the quietest hairdryers on the market. And right. so we help consumers find quiet products, but it's not just the things that make a noise inside your home, it's the things that build your home. So windows, mm -hmm. floors, doors, ceilings, walls, acoustics materials, which enable acoustics uh, to be improved inside buildings, are mm -hmm. also certified by Quiet Mark. And what we've done with the Quiet Mark podcast is it's all very well telling people to engage with quiet technology, but mm -hmm. really you've got to start at the beginning and ask the question, why is quiet important? And you need to explore the human relationship with sound. And the podcast, on the podcast, we've now done 20 episodes where we've spoken with all sorts of experts, uh, people who are acousticians who design acoustics in the most famous buildings in the world. Mm -hmm. We've had people who look after wildlife sound archives in the British Library. We've had the creative director of the BBC New um, Philharmonic Workshop talking about the human relationship with sound. Because I'll tell you one quick thing. When people see something, they can mm -hmm. describe what it, when they, they see a building, they can describe what they liked about the building. It might be the floors, the windows, the, some sort of feature. Mm -hmm. but if you ask them to describe how a building sounded, people Ooh. often can't describe the sound of a building. But what they will say is how a building made them feel. Yeah. And the, it's often the sound, it's often the acoustics in a building that is related to how you feel. 
as you walk into a building, and that's to do with acoustics. So our podcast speaks to experts about sound design and mm. why it's important in the building environment. Because in hospitals, it can make good acoustics can make people get better quicker. In schools, it can improve results. In it could just improve your life if the acoustics are right. Right, right. So it's it's very important. Um, I I. I I I got this quote quite some time back where people would forgive a bad video, but people will never forgive a bad audio. Precisely. When, In fact, if the picture drops out, yeah. but the sound carries on, you can still make sense of what's yeah. going on. But if the sound drops out and the picture carries on, you, you have really no idea where it's exactly, going. Exactly. Exactly. Now, when we are speaking about sound, so Simon, I would like to you know understand what kind of mic setup do you use for your podcast? Okay, well, I've got three of them, and in fact, I should mention that the podcast started in February last year, before <laughs> lockdown. Before lockdown, and the first six guests on the twenty episodes that we did were done live, sitting opposite a human being, because you mm-hmm. could do that in February last year. Mm-hmm. And so, at that time, I had bought three microphones. The microphones which I bought were Q two U's by Samson. It's mm-hmm. not Samsung. That's Samsung. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've got the three Q two U's. So I had a mic, and I had enough mics to give the guests a microphone each. Mm-hmm. Those microphones were all plugged into our Zoom H six Handy recorder. Mm-hmm. And on the Zoom H six Handy recorder, I also have a left and right, which records the general ambience of the room. And mm-hmm. so what I then do is I kind of work between the, uh, the Zoom mic and the three live microphones, and then mix between them. Uh, on software, which we'll talk about in a minute, to get the right mix. But of course, in lockdown, all of my uh, podcast recordings are taking mm-hmm. place, uh, and I use Google Meets. Sometimes mm-hmm. I use Zoom, but Google Meets I find to be very robust, very easy to use because I can just share a link. And oh. what I then do is my guests. Um, I don't use the built-in speaker on my computer. Mm-hmm. I use a three-point-five-inch jack, and I use an auxiliary lead. And an auxiliary lead goes from my computer into my Bose SoundLink Mini, which mm-hmm. has deeper, warmer, richer sound. And my guests go through that speaker. Mm-hmm. I uh, then put I then put one of the Samsung microphones up to the Bose speaker. Mm-hmm. I record them on one channel. I've got my microphone for my channel, and I've still got the Zoom microphones doing the recording. As well, though, what I do say to my uh, guests is that they should wear headphones so we yep. don't get feedback. And I also recommend if they have a professional microphone, always use the microphone. Yep. More often than not, they don't have a professional microphone. But even um, say something like iPod uh, headphones with a wire yeah. hanging down with a microphone, even the microphones in headphones are better as yes. far as I than, than the the microphones built into the computer. Exactly. So I use that setup. Yes, usually that's what I recommend when I actually do like mic tests. I mm-hmm. tend to tell them to actually just wear um, um, a earpiece that has a microphone on it. Only issue I find yeah. with that is the rustling. But if they actually hold on to the microphone, it sort of solves that issue in that sense. Yeah, I mean the best recordings I've had via um, Zoom or or Google Meets is when my uh, guest has had a professional microphone. Yes, but yes. other than that, I find that. Um, if they're an esports fan and they've got a gamer's headset, a gamer's mm. headset tends to work really well as well. Yep, those those headsets are pretty good, to be honest. <laughs> the other thing, as well as if I'm talking to two guests, mm. is I kind of ask them to mute their microphone when they're not talking, right. uh, which does also help. But there is a consideration that you don't you do want to capture people's spontaneous laughter, and you don't want the muted microphone to not have that much laughter about. So. 
I kind of see how it goes with that. But if someone definitely isn't talking for a while, I try mm -hmm. to ask them to mute their microphone because that also helps. Gotcha. So you actually use like a Google Meet and Zoom. Uh, sorry, not Zoom. Google Meet and sort of like do a mix minus. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. So I looked online to, and asked, you know, typed in the question, what is the best video conferencing software for mm -hmm. uh, doing a podcast? And just as you and I have done today, we turned our cameras off because it's not a video recording, yep. it's a voice recording. Certainly turning the camera off helps the bandwidth of the audio. So that's yep. one good thing. Certain reports, different reports say different things. Some reports say we recommend Zoom. Other reports recommend Google Meet. Some re still recommend Skype. It's much of a muchness. I use Google Meets because I use uh, Google Calendar to book my appointments and it just sends a link very easily. And it's the it, I find it's the least challenging one for people to interact with, to be totally honest with you. But Zoom's also good, Microsoft Teams. But mm -hmm. I like Google Meets and uh, it works really well for me. The other thing as well being a podcast is if you do suddenly get a bit of digital dropout, mm -hmm. sometimes I say to my guests, oh, can you just go back to the bit where you said, Thanks for having me on the show. So I'll just say that again because it went, you know, it did yeah, something yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and because it's not live, and that actually puts the guests at ease, knowing that if they don't say something right, they can it's go, oh, Simon, can I just say that again? And you go, yeah, go for it. Mm -hmm. um, so an interesting question here. There are a lot of apps which are coming up in 2020, 2021. So there's like apps like Squadcast, uh, Riverside.fm, Zencast, and there are plenty more coming up. Have you considered using these apps to actually run your podcast? Well, I'll tell you what I do use. So you've heard how I've recorded with a couple of microphones yes. and, a, and an H6 handy recorder. Yes. Once I've got everything uh, onto an SD card from the H H6 recorder, I put it in my Mac. And generally, my, I use Audacity as an editing software. It was ah. a free software. And using YouTube videos to teach me how to use it, you know, as they say, mm -hmm. practice makes perfect. And whilst mm -hmm. I'm not saying I'm perfect, I know that on episode 20 compared to episode one, I've got shortcuts in how I yeah. use the software, you know, noise uh, reduction, mm -hmm. bass, treble, uh, clip fixing, amplification. And what I'm able to do is try and balance things out to make it sound as good as I possibly can. And mm -hmm. you, you get really proficient if you use an app a lot in anything, whether you're a Photoshop user, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. I've, I've suddenly become a bit of a black belt on Audacity. So that's mm -hmm. the app that I use for uh, editing. And okay. I find it to be really, really flexible. But yes. then in terms of uh, taking it and exporting it as an MP3, I use Buzzsprout and I use Podbean for mm -hmm. the distribution of the QuietMart podcast. Right. Okay. So you actually use like this hosting services uh, such as Buzzsprout and Podbean. You get your feed through there and you just push it out to the main channels. That's right. We sort of do a small paid uh, subscription and through those two, it goes to uh, Apple Podcasts, Apple. Yeah. it goes to Spotify and it goes to Google and it goes to all the major podcast uh, platforms. And both of them serve different um, stats to me. Interestingly for me, Podbean is the one that feeds my Apple podcasts uh -huh. and Buzzsprout is the one that feeds my Spotify. And having the two separate platforms, I get a really good overview as to what platform is the most popular for mm. listening to our, our program. And interestingly, when we have American guests, it's Apple podcasts. When we have European guests, it can be Spotify, but it changes from show to show. And our audience is about 50% UK, 
mm-hmm. and and 50% rest of the world with the biggest slice of rest of the world being the US. Okay, okay. So, Simon, from what I understand from this conversation you've been sort of like a go-getter in the sense of like self-thought everything, YouTube it, audacity YouTube it. Mm-hmm. What has been your biggest challenge being a podcaster? I think this every podcast you do when someone listens to the podcast it needs to, you need to give the impression as a host the person listening to the show needs to feel that the quiet mark podcast is the only thing that I do for a living mm-hmm. but in true life it's not I get emails I'm looking up to social media I've got all sorts of things I've got three children I've got a dog I've got a family I've got a house mm-hmm. to keep clean I'm a busy 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 person <laughs> yeah and I would say that the hardest thing from someone whose responsibility is to create the Quiet Mark podcast is to make it so that every show, when you listen to it, it sounds like all that Simon Gosling does is that show, you know? And that's not the case. And the way that I can make that happen is do your homework. So when I was in doing an interview yesterday, I was interviewing Ping Coombs, who's a MasterChef winner from 2014. Mm-hmm. I bought her cookbook before I interviewed her. I was cooking her recipes at the Mm -hmm. weekend before I interviewed her on Monday, all right? I had bought the cookbook, read the website, watched the videos, read Mm -hmm. about her, so that when I could interview um, Ping, the thing is I want my podcasts, or I should say Quiet Master podcasts, they're not mine, but when I do a podcast, Mm -hmm. I I don't want it to be a QA. and a I want it to be a conversation. Right, and for right. me, when I'm, I listen to podcasts when I'm cycling, mm-hmm. when I'm walking my dog, or even when I'm doing the ironing at home. Mm-hmm. And the best podcasts I enjoy are the ones that sound like a couple of friends having a conversation. It's not a yes. Q&A. It's, there's laughter. There's interaction. And they're the ones you learn the most. They're the ones you remember the most. And so what's the hardest thing for me in answer to your question is finding the time to make sure that when I'm on the microphone, I'm ready. I'm not having to read stuff off screen. I'm not having mm-hmm. to look up links. I can focus 100% on my guest. I know what questions I want to ask, but I'm not relying on those questions. I'm really just feeling the natural flow of the conversation. It's in a way, it's like a backdrop in that sense. It's like, it's not a must ask questions, but more of like, okay, these are my pointers and let's just go have a conversation with this person. Precisely. But what I also do is, the podcast recording normally takes an hour and a half, but what I usually do whenever possible, and it's not always possible, but I do a 60 minute, one hour call on say the Monday. Mm-hmm. And then I do the recording on the Tuesday. I often mm-hmm. do this because often the people I'm interviewing, I've never met them before. And I want to make sure that we've had at least one hour mm-hmm. where we've had a chance to say, hi, how are you? I'm not recording this. We're just having a chat, have a cup, right, of, right. cup of tea. And so tell me about yourself. And I'll say, that these are the questions I'm thinking of asking you. Is there anything you'd like me to ask? And they might have a new project and they'll say, oh, can you ask me about this new piece of furniture mm-hmm, I designed? Mm-hmm. Sure. And I'll make all those notes on the Monday so that when we speak on the Tuesday, we can have the conversation. We've already know each other. We've already mm-hmm. tested out the uh, the uh, technology, <laughs> which, is, which is important as we <laughs> yes. found out today. Yes. But I think all of that homework, having that familiarity, mm-hmm. letting them know as well um, that, you know, you're a relaxed, friendly, approachable person and you just want to have a bit of fun. 
And yeah. it really makes the podcast go well if you do that one hour prep before you do the one and a half hour record. I mean, when I've so what I've done, I've like engineered about a thousand shows. And one thing I actually notice from the guests that have came on, when they are relaxed, when they are their most relaxed, they tend to give out the best shows. Absolutely. Honestly, the conversations that flow through the you know the pointers they make, you make a great point there. They sort of like feel like they are speaking to a friend, and it's not like a media interview. It's not like a Q and A. That that's exactly. like that's the best conversations that I've ever heard. And that's right. And as part of that preparation call, you know, I have the chance to put them at ease, but I also have the chance to say, please don't make this salesy. Yes, yeah. you might have developed a product, mm -hmm. but let's talk about it naturally from the point of view of the solutions that it provides to people that are really interesting. Um, I don't want you to talk to me about the size of your team and how much it costs. And, you know, it's not mm -hmm. sales uh, for a product. It's, it's the program really is about the human relationship with sound. So let's really stick to that and let's explore on, on that line. You know, of course, you can deviate away from it, but that's another thing. Get to know them, tell them not to be salesy. And actually, most of the time, the guests that I speak to recognize that it would be really off-putting if it had too strong a sales message and mm -hmm. they prefer it to be much more about their expertise and their experience than necessarily about a product that they're trying to push. Simon, this has honestly been a very great, insightful 15-20 minutes that I had with you. I've got one final question for you, Simon. Go ahead. What you had for breakfast this morning? What did I have for breakfast this morning? Oh, yes. do you know what? Uh, this morning, it happens that my wife very kindly bought mm -hmm. me breakfast in bed and it was porridge and it had uh, berries in it and mm -hmm. it was absolutely delicious. And uh, normally I get, I, I'm such a greedy person. I get, <laughs> I get hungry by 11 o'clock. I can have breakfast at 11. I can't wait till one o'clock lunch, but today... Mm -hmm. Well, I, I've had an apple, but I'm, <laughs> I've had an apple since breakfast, but no, I, I, it set me up well for the day. It was delicious. How about you? What did you have? I do this thing called intermittent fasting, or that's what I say when I actually skip my breakfast. <laughs> so I go straight to lunch. <laughs> but if anybody else, I'm, I'm intermittent fasting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it sounds a lot deeper than it really is. Indeed. <laughs> brilliant i love it simon thank you so much for coming on the show i hope you had fun and listeners i hope you all had actually a good insightful um, session listening to simon's story um do check out the next few episodes coming up and yeah so simon thank you so much for coming on you're welcome thanks ever so much for inviting me